0: I mean, because there's not really an equivalent thing I can think of in the United States for a show that's been running that long for kids. Sesame Street is a pretty good analog, but Sesame Street was started in the 1960s, like late 60s, early 70s, I believe. I'm not 100% like Wikipedia on demand for the facts with that one. But I can't think of American TV shows that like aren't just repeated content, like old Looney Tunes cartoons and things like that um that's been going for that long i mean without i mean sesame street is the first one that comes to mind um and i'm trying to think of anything else and i mean I, I don't have kids like i haven't watched a lot of kids tv programming since i was a kid yeah. but the news that stuff was, say again sorry the news yeah exactly oh yeah 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 oh, get into that when i want to talk about watching american news which is once again a thing that always shocks me when i come back it's just very funny because i go to the gym for example and they have fox news on all the tvs because it's america and like it's on silent but it's just like you know shop owner told to close store because new york city doesn't grant licenses to white people and then like it's just the fox news anchor making this face like they've just learned you can get pregnant through your ass and it's just like <laughs> oh no the entire so segment is just, is just somebody's insane person talking and then like neil cavuto or whatever gretchen or greta whatever the fuck her name is just like kind of making this sour milk face the entire time tucker carlson does it too you see a lot of those those segments of it oh yeah so it is weird watching blue peter because there's an element to which even the 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 very very recent stuff the stuff where it's like you know 2018 footage being shown in some of these like compendium youtube videos it still has this very very old-fashioned kind of affect to it Mm. almost like uh, damn the torpedoes we're gonna still talk Like it's like hello kind of stuff Like British pate children's programming But in like 2023
1: it, It's very very yeah, Anachronistic
0: I think is the best way to describe Did it Did you see
1: the clip from the early 60s Where they had like a, a baby elephant On the show yes. and they were being <laughs> like, Running around the oh, studio pissing oh and shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh come here oh, She seems
0: to have lost her bowels <laughs> like, But they're all yeah, talking
1: like they're announcing That the Führer has invaded Poland <laughs>
0: Hundred oh, percent. I think the women's version of that 1940s and 50s broadcaster accent is the weirdest one because it just, it sounds, I can't do an imitation of it, but it just sounds the most like, I don't know,
1: like, like you go to parody accent school before you're allowed on British TV. Mm. I actually did watch a really interesting thing a while back about the, because it was an interview with the guy who'd basically been responsible for news output. Uh, when the BBC first launched uh, like t- television news in like the nineteen thirties, I guess, um, and he was, getting, it was it was an interview from like the nineteen sixties maybe, and he's talking about the BBC accent and like how they decided how the news readers should speak, and that he was because this guy was Scottish but also sounded kind of like this, yes. Um, but he was saying that essentially the logic was that like they shouldn't sound like they're from anywhere. Because then that would, like, lend some kind of, like, I don't know, interpretation to what they were saying. They should sound, like, as, ge- as generic like, as possible, so as to be, like, understood, but also not to be, like, oh, wh- why, is- why is a Yorkshireman reading the news or whatever? This exactly. kind of, like, completely neutral.
0: Why is this northern monkey telling me the news? Or,
1: like-, <laughs> like, equally, like, what- <laughs> why have they got some fucking geezer reading news? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so, <they> were- <laughs> exactly. It came out of, like, the, you know, it's very funny to think of, like, you know, even, like, 80 years ago, people being like, well, <laughs> well everyone in this country hates each other, so we have, to <laughs> we have to come up with a way of neutralizing it.
0: It's interesting because I don't know why, but we did an equivalent thing in the United States with your sort of standard American broadcast news voice and accent, the kind of elocution involved. Something we like to call Nate voice. No, apparently was taken from people in the Midwest, and I I have heard, for example, when I was in graduate school, one of our professors had gone to um, City College in uh, what's it called, Uh, which is in Manhattan, and then the CUNY Graduate Center, so like the the institution that grants masters or um, PhDs in the whole City University of New York system, and she said that this would have been in the early or mid seventies. That they, the PhD students, (laughs) were basically made to take the ones who were from New York City, Mm -hmm. were assessed as needing help were made to take like elocution classes and they brought in people from like Iowa to teach them how to talk like Americans. And it sounds <laughs> so fucked up, but she basically said, they flat out said like, we can't have you guys graduate with PhDs from the Graduate Center and then go around with a Bronx Jewish accent. People aren't going to take us seriously.
1: Can, can you imagine? I'm see, that's what she said.
0: The alternate
1: timeline where I say, like, hey, yo, you're watching fucking CNN. <laughs> hey, oh, yo, hey, wait, watch it, pal. Yeah, <laughs> the like the um, wall is falling.
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, if you ever watch the local news when you're visiting your sister in Tennessee, you'll note that it has in fact kind of changed in such a way that now, you know Welcome, well, welcome to Channel 12 News, y'all. We're going to talk today about the weather. It's going to be absolutely beautiful today. It's going to be hotter than fuck. Like, that's... Oh, yeah.
1: It's, an, it's another sizzler down here. I, I actually saw it it's in... It's another scorcher. I love the local TV adverts in Nashville. They're my favorite. It's like local car dealerships, Whatever the guys who've, like, made their own ads. Because, like, you just don't get that in the UK other than on, like, radio maybe, like local radio. But I saw one where it was, like, for some, like, city council election in Nashville. And there was some guy running whose name was Bone. His his surname was Bone, and he had (laughs) already great. And he had like he was doing like a country music themed attack ad on his opponent, where it was like a country music song with like him and a bunch of guys in in cowboy hats singing about like you know like oh he this fucking guy is he's funding the wrong schools, and that's why we're voting for Bone. I was just like, this is perfect.
0: Yeah, I uh, I was watching when I, the only other thing they have the TV on in the gym besides Fox News is ESPN, mm-hmm. and just sometimes I I get American version of Name Alert, and I wanted to text you because I I just don't follow football that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did when I was a Colts fan, but I don't really care anymore. I don't live in America, yeah. but the I believe the San Francisco Forty ers quarterback is a guy named Brock Purdy, and I was just like <laughs> that is such an American name alert, <laughs> Brock Purdy. You're mighty. It's purdy. a real name. <laughs> He's pretty Purdy. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So. Now, we've gotten on a, on a side topic here about the news, have, but yeah, yeah uh, the American equivalent of the BBC received pronunciation is basically Midwest English. And I mean, what you'll find about the Midwest is that it doesn't actually apply 100% because there's tons of regional accents. Where I'm from in central Indiana, most people talk like the way I do, but you know, you go out in where my parents live down here in southern Indiana, it, people just more people have southern accents, and the further the closer you get to Kentucky, that's That's the case. It sounds more like the South. It culturally is more like the South. And then the further north you go, the more you get the influence of just like lots and lots of Baltic and Eastern European and Scandinavian immigrants. And so it just sounds more like like Fargo or like Chicago and that kind of stuff. So it's not really that... I guess the way that I talk is kind of like uh, the way you're taught to pronounce stuff in school, I suppose. But and, And the further west you go in America, it's like people either talk like this or they talk like John Wayne. But yeah, we had our own version of this. It's just we don't have the anywhere near as many intense, like, oh, what's the right word here? Kind of like variations on accents the way that you guys do, the way that like 20 miles from someplace, people talk very differently than, you know, 20 miles the other direction.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's actually pretty funny that um, we mentioned the news because I kind of wanted to include this, but wasn't quite sure where it would fit. There, there was kind of a... I mean I don't even know if it was like made by the same people or what but there was sort of like a sister program to Blue Peter that would often go out like around the same time of day like either before or after um and was kind of in the same style which is a, a perfect you know like if you were making up the name of a television program to take out to take the piss of Britain <laughs> um mm-hmm. it was called John Craven's News Round <laughs> It was a man called John Craven who would do like news for children um And there's like an amazing clip of him trying to explain some kind of like uh, the brewing civil war in Rhodesia, but like for a (laughs) nine-year-old. I mean,
0: because what is children going to like news for children? If we're defining it as like nine and younger, it's like, yes, you could talk about big news, but also like you're going to have to have headline news that is important to kids too. So it's like breaking scientists have discovered how to build a bigger balloon or something to that effect. But then also it's like kids do watch the news. They hear what their parents are talking about. So you have to, I, I, I'd love to hear how the British explained Rhodesia in the 1960s, given that like, uh, there were some dynamics there that they may uh, not have wanted to address in children's programming.
1: Well, I was sort of surprised in that, um, uh, yeah, it was kind of like, it was basically suggesting that the the white government of Rhodesia was like, it was reneging on some promises it had made uh, relative to like black representation in the government, something something like that. Um and that the British ambassador was being dispatched down there to kind of like sort it out and smooth things over a bit. Um and then there was some some debate over whether he would be successful or not. And it's like, but he is confident that his presence in Rhodesia will. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I was surprised they were sort of taking a kind of uh, it had a, it had a sort of loosely anti Rhodesian government stance. I was kind of like, huh, there you go, huh? Yeah, I guess. Oh, well, I guess the, actually the political outlook was quite like, in a way, it politically makes sense that Britain would have been more hardball with the Rhodesian government in the 60s than it was with the South African government in the 80s, given the political occurrence at the time, even though one was later than the
0: other. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and I think also that there was an element of, what was it, Ian Smith was the name of the guy in Rhodesia? My impression was that there was this notion that Ian Smith was just taking it a little too far in the way that the South Africans were not perceived to be, but... Uh, I I guess I I look at this stuff and it's just it's just interesting to me because I I mean I don't know what contemporary American uh, children's programming is like. I mean I know friends of mine who have kids, their kids like to watch, you know, shows Mm. that are typically like animated shows, things along those lines. Like I've heard of Hey Doggy, I've heard of Bluey and things like that, but uh, Dora the Explorer, things along those lines but what i'm surprised by is the like it makes sense why they would have a magazine show in the 1950s and the 1960s because the process of you know uh, preparing tv content is relatively new that's an easier show like a kind of format to have as opposed to like doing animated segments or having things that, which are just like way more like what's the 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 line from the Simpsons where Homer asks if uh, if the animation is broadcast live and she says no Homer it's rarely broadcast live as that puts a terrible strain on the animator's wrist like <laughs> the the extent to which like it made sense to my eyes it would make sense to do a program like this uh when TV was in you know in relatively early days but <laughs> the idea of continuing to do a, a very, like a relatively staid variety show for kids into the 2020s—it's just—it's—it feels like this. I don't know the years ago when we did the Britonology about Carry On films. I think it was James Butler from Novara who mentioned that the scene of them just carrying on eating the dinner while everything's fucking exploding is a hundred percent the British psyche and. I don't think that's wrong, and this seems like another case of that. They're like, no, we're just going to keep doing it, this really fusty, old-fashioned-ass show, even though zero people are watching, and we can now know that. Yeah. Because that's just how it's always been done.